hey, Mike, turn on the podcast. It's the PFTP um, Chris Sims on Button Joint Collaboration if, if you need some more knowledge. If he's hearing you, he already has. I know. I how it works. I, I get you. I get you. I thank you. I know. But, it, yeah, uh, you're right. That's, yeah, I said that very stupidly. I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Thursday. It's joint collaboration time. No joints here. Just a lot of collaborating. All right? It's Florio. I, 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 I don't know. I think a joint was involved there's got to be an explanation for you being 10 minutes late. I don't know how long it takes to smoke one, but I'm going with that. Well, yep. It takes me longer than 10. Okay. I'll just say that. And uh, nope, nothing going on here. Just, you know, just procrastinating and making you wait, but it is another Thursday and Mike has another black up zip, uh, black zip, uh, zip up. Uh, you know, I mean, what? it was the Ravens one. It's a pro football talk one. Now it's Calvin Klein. Mike Florio in the Calvin Klein brand. Oh, he's so sexy. So you look good there, Mike. How many damn black zip-ups do you have? I mean, seriously. How I, many I got got? I'm, I'm, I'm going for a Johnny Cash thing. You know, one of my favorite lines of the Walk the Line movie, which is like 14 years old now, when River, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix, who plays Johnny Cash in the yeah. movie in all black. Somebody says, what's with the black? Looks like you're going to a funeral. And he says, maybe I am. Maybe I am. Maybe, so maybe I am. Maybe you maybe are. Maybe we are. Maybe you are in your Calvin Klein zip up. Uh, maybe maybe somebody's looking down or maybe looking up. We'll uh, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we will find out. All right, Floria, you were ten and six straight up last week. Way to go! I was eight and eight, so you increased your lead. You're up by five on the season now. You almost got swept too. You almost got swept. I almost we did had get the swept. broom thing ready to go in reverse, so yeah. I could do that. Your little carrot top trick from last week. Oh, you but you with went with Devlin Duck Hodges, and I like it a Josh Allen more than the Devlin Duck Hodges. Uh, Duck threw some uh, quack quacks, and it went into the Bills' hands. So thank God for that. Holy cow. Uh, yep, I took a beating there. Um, but I did gain a game in best bets because you went 0 for 3. And just like Kirk Cousins, it looks like you're choking in prime time here down the stretch with best bets. I love it. Let me tell you something. I am so pissed at the Raiders for blowing that last game at the Coliseum. Yep. I thought they would win. I thought they would win easily. And then I let you convince me to go with the 49ers instead of the Patriots. I should have gone with the Patriots. I was ready to go with the Patriots, and I nailed the score 34-13. to I should have gone with the Patriots. Yep. I should have trusted my instinct and not let you talk me into it, your freaking Jedi mind trick. Yeah, that's right. I got you to change. I don't know why you're listening to me. You're beating me in picks. I don't know why you listen to me. You're an idiot for that. I mean, come on. Okay, my info is good. My picks aren't that good, all right? That's just the way it is, and I look a lot cooler. I have a Christmas ornament, and you don't, do you? Huh. Look at that. Woo. Oh, there's there's the pop or, the proper ornament. There Boy, that's he excellent is. Photoshop work. 1995 called it wants its Photoshop work back. Oh, how dare you d disrespect the people in the back room there? How dare you? Uh, 1995 called and they don't, they want, you know, their, their headshot of you back too. Can we get a recent one with some gray hairs in it? Be realistic here. I mean, well, first, first of all, there's, it's not, my, you know, it's not my hair in that photo. See that? Yes. No, I, don't I know was what more photo referring to the picture before. Yes. Yeah. All, all right. right. You ready? You ready for this? I've been ready since 1015. It's now 1029. So okay. let's go. Yep. Here we go. Texans, Buccaneers. Let's get to the Saturday slate of games. They're good. Uh, and this is the first one to lead it off. Um, the Texans playing at Tampa. They're the Texans favored by three and a half points over under 49.5. Mike, you think the Bucks can pull off an upset any way here without Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? 
I, mean, I think they can because Jameis Winston has really settled into a nice groove. They've won four in a row. He's got back-to-back games with 450-plus passing yards, 456 against the Colts, 458 against the Lions. But the Texans are still playing for something, and it would be typical Texans to blow this one, right? I mean, that's the way it's gone this year for Houston. Whenever we think that they're good, they're bad. Whenever we think they're bad, they're good. And they impressed us unexpectedly last week by beating the Titans in Nashville. But I think the Texans have too much on the line in this one, and I think that they have too much firepower. And without Mike Evans and Chris Goblin, I just don't think Jameis Winston can have the same kind of game that we've seen from him in the recent past. So I'm going to go Texans 31, Buccaneers 24 to start the Saturday afternoon slate. Yeah, uh, I mean, I really think just as like the most basic thought we have there, you know, it really does come down to that to me is is just the fact that, yeah, Tampa's missing. I mean, two out of the three best statistical receivers in the game. You know, that's what they want to do. We know they're not a really good running football team. You know, and of course, they're not great on the defensive side of the ball either. And as we know right now, the three amigos at receiver for the Houston Texans are playing this week, Fuller, Stillers, Stills, and Hopkins. And uh, I just think that really, hey, you know, Jameis is going to make some plays against this Texans defense. I get that. Uh, I do think, though, the Texans defense, because they will do some outside of the normal, outside of the box type things from here, you know, here and there, that'll lead to at least one or two bonehead Jameis mistakes. He'll have yards. He'll have a few touchdowns. uh, But I do think that'll set up the short field for Deshaun Watson and company. And I just have a hard time thinking that that Tampa defense can stop the Texans on a regular basis. And like you said, they're playing for something there. Uh, To me, yeah, I like the Texans here all the way. I'm going Texans 38 to 27 in this one. And uh, they set themselves up very nicely for the AFC playoff picture. Good. I am good. All right. I agree. Bills, Patriots. Uh, Bills coming off the big win on Sunday night football. Patriots rebounded to Cincinnati last week. Still had some offensive issues. Defense was awesome, though. Patriots favored by six and a half. Over under at 36 and a half. That is the lowest over under of the week. I mean, that's one of the lowest over unders I can remember, really. That's got to be up there for lowest over under of the year. Um, But do you think this Buffalo Bills team and Josh Allen can go into New England and possibly upset the New England Patriots? Your thoughts, Florio? I'm impressed with the fact that the Bills are 6-1 and one on the road this year. That makes me think maybe they can do it. And remember, the Bills gave the Patriots everything they could handle back in Week 4. And I'm waiting for, as we talked about earlier today on PFT Live, Josh Allen being unleashed as a runner. I just don't think they're ready to do it yet because even if they would beat the Patriots on Saturday, it doesn't mean they win the division. The Patriots would still have to lose to the Dolphins next weekend in order for the Bills to have a shot at toppling the Patriots and ending that decade-long hammerlock on the AFC East. So I don't think they unleashed Josh Allen as a runner in this game, especially after what the Patriots did to Allen when he was running the ball back in week four. So I think the Patriots, this is just one of those find-away games for the Patriots who understand the stakes, who recognize that They don't want to play wild card weekend. This is more than just not winning the division. They don't want to have to host a team. You don't want to host a team on wild card weekend. The last time they did that, they got shredded by the Ravens after the 2009 regular season. So I think the Patriots win 17 to 10. I'm going to cause 
them to cover by a half point with my prediction. And and I think it will be under. I, that And that may be one of my best bets, the the Bills Patriots under even at 36 and a half. I think this will be a low scoring game. So I've got 17 to 10, one more point for the Patriots than the last time around. Same point production from the Bills Patriots win and win the division. Yeah. Close game. And I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, Hey, the Patriots, this, this is crucial to them. You know, yeah, to have to play on wild card weekend with this team, they might win that, but I just don't know if this team they got right now then could go to a Kansas City and to a Baltimore the following week and win. I don't know if they're talented enough or dominant enough on the offensive side of the ball to overcome those type of odds. You know, getting the bye, like you said, is big. Uh, the big difference to me in this matchup from the first time around is Josh Allen's a different guy. You know, we talked a little bit on PFT this morning. You know, Josh Allen, the first time, he went full Tropic Thunder a few times. There's no other way to say it in that first game. He really did. He just did some dumb crap. He threw three interceptions. They were all bad. Two out of the three, he had people underneath open where he just needs to check it down and they're going to get yards. So to me, that's where the Bills are more dangerous because Josh Allen understands how to play more now than then. And they've taken the game away from him a little bit that way too. Mike, the one thing that I was shocked of when I went back and watched the film from the first game, and I think the Bills can win this game. I, I legitimately do, is... The Bills at that point were like in the shotgun for the most time and just spreading it out and like going to give the ball to Josh Allen and, hey, you take over the game. Since then, they've changed it. It is more underneath the center. It's run the ball. It's managing Josh Allen. That makes them more dangerous. But to what you said, I'm not going against the Patriots at home. I'm not. Had the Patriots blocked a punt for a touchdown in the first meeting, they'll find some way, I think, just to overcome this one. I don't feel real confident about it. I don't. I would not be shocked if the Bills won this game 17 to 14. This is not the same Patriots we've seen from the, this in this decade. It's not. The game is going to be close. It will be a nail biter and one mistake by Brady in that offense and that could swing the pendulum of this game as well. But I'm going to go Pats 20 to 17 to win this football game. Um but I I don't I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't and I, I think I am thinking about the Bills as far as maybe covering the spread is one of my best bets of the week. So we'll see. All right, here we go. 49ers Rams. We'll be watching this one together at a restaurant somewhere and um, hopefully having a drink or two to go along with it. Rams at 49ers. 49ers coming off the loss. Rams coming off a beatdown. Uh, 49ers favored by six and a half, Mike. Over under 44.5, Mike. What do you think happens here? Well, and one thing, let me say this. We yeah. will be watching the game together on Saturday night. Right. And and we, we do need to be careful with our intake of any alcoholic beverages because we do work the next day. Yep. And I'm not going to name names here, and I don't want you to name names either, but I got the impression that multiple broadcasters last Sunday may have been a little hungover and or still drunk from their holiday parties the night before. So let's learn from their mistakes so we have a good 16th Sunday of the regular season. I hear you. Also, I also want to remember what happens in the game. So right. we need to keep our wits and our faculties about us. Look, I know how good the Rams can be when they are firing on all cylinders. And I'm concerned by the fact that the 49ers have had that murderer's row of the Packers, Ravens, Saints. Then they stumbled at home against the Falcons. They haven't had a bye since week four. They're staring at the possibility of finishing the season one and four in their final five games after starting 10 and one, which would be a dramatic 
fall, almost like the 1986 Jets, I believe, who actually yeah. tumbled out of the playoffs right. after starting, I think, 10-0, right? They did. They started 10-0. and 10-0, and then they yeah. lost six in a row. You're right. So, I mean, the 49ers are in, uh, and I, it's time. They, they need – this is on your guy, Kyle Shanahan – they need to knock out the Rams. You don't want to have to worry about the Rams showing up again in the postseason, especially since if they had just beaten you a few weeks earlier in your own building, you don't want them feeling confident coming back at some point. Get them out. Push them away. Knock them down. Make this happen. And I think the 49ers will. I mean, this one's a tough one because we've seen enough good Rams games this year. We never know when one is going to pop up. Yeah, right. But I think the 49ers can do what they did earlier in the season when they manhandled the Rams. And I've got 24-17, 49ers over the Rams. But I, I'm not feeling entirely confident about it. But I, I we got to pick one, and I'm going 49ers. Yeah, I'm going 49ers as well. I, I mean, they're the better football team to me. They are. Now, listen, I know the 49ers. We could sit here and go, oh, they've lost two out of their last four or two out of their last three. I understand that. But it was murderer's row they went after. I mean, it was arguably the hardest three-game stretch we've ever seen anybody go through. And with one of those losses to the great Baltimore Ravens, it happened on the last play of the game. And then, you know, again, the Falcons game was a letdown, but there was some common knowledge there from the coaching staff and everything like that, too. I put some stock in there. And the 49ers, yeah, I, I don't think they kind of rise to the challenge of the moment in the game there. I do think they're, they're the more quality football team over the Los Angeles Rams. And you're right, the Rams are dangerous. But, you know, the Rams become dangerous when they kind of crack the code on the offensive side of the ball and all of a sudden the bootleg run game starts to work together. And I just can't imagine that happening against the 49ers. I really can't. You know, the, the 49ers dominated the game physically the first time around. The Rams were there. They were hanging around. It wasn't like it was a blowout. Don't get me wrong. But I just think this 49ers offense is more potent now than it was early on in the season. I also think that Kyle Shanahan's had pretty good history against Wade Phillips, understands how to play against him and do that. Uh, I do worry about Aaron Donald with no Weston Richburg in this matchup. That could be a little scary in the interior part there. But I think basically what I come down to is I just think the 49ers are going to be able to generate more offense than the Rams and Jared Goff. I just think once that bootleg game is taken away, Jared Goff banged his hand last week, missed a number of throws against the Cowboys. I can't trust them to win. And, and oddly enough, I have the same exact score as you. I'm going 49ers, 24-17. And you've got the Todd Gurley situation where he'll follow a great week with a bad week. I think the knee is still an issue. We're not allowed to talk about it. They get upset when anybody talks about it. And this golf thumb injury is kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Tuesday, he wasn't on the injury report at all. They, they did their Wednesday report on Tuesday since they play Saturday. Their Wednesday report, which would be the equivalent of the Thursday report, it had him on there with a thumb injury fully participating in practice. I, I think that that, that thumb, I mean, it's not something that just magically goes away. You feel it deep inside of that that joint. And when it's time for him to go out and play full speed, throw the ball on Saturday night, He's going to be feeling that, and I think that's going to affect him between him and Gurley. That's one of the big reasons I went this way because I can see, you know, the Rams impressed us tremendously with their reaction to that blowout loss to the Ravens on Monday Night Football earlier in the season. Yeah. They had two great games back-to-back, but uh, based on what we saw last week, I really, we weren't impressed by either team last week, no. but I think the 49ers should be able to do this. They understand that they cannot limp into week 17 at Seattle. They cannot limp into the postseason or they won't last very long. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing on this too, because you do, you know, they did bounce back. I just want to hit on that. You're right. They bounced back from the Ravens, but there's, there's one thing that jumps out to me about them bouncing back from the Ravens. They played the Cardinals and they played the Seahawks 
who were not real complex on the defensive side of the ball. And you can kind of like line up in certain formations and know what you're going to get. And I know you've heard me say this a lot and you're probably the Cowboys are the same way. You say something about the Cowboys. The Cowboys though, did some different things just at least up front, because that's what I was worried about. Right. You're exactly right. That's where I was going with this. The Cowboys, how I've told you, you know, last year when the Rams exposed the Cowboys in that divisional playoff game, they ran at the bubble. They ran at the shade nose, right. To where the guard could help out the center. And then he got up to the linebackers and they just told the, the, the Cowboys had no adjustment. The Cowboys played it differently up front last week. They kind of changed their techniques with the defensive tackles and it threw the Rams for a loop. And there was no adjustment to the game plan. So they couldn't crack the code. And if the 49ers are, have any brains at all, they are going to do some of that too because they play a similar scheme to the Cowboys. So they better not line up in the same fucking defense all the time. If they do that, then this is going to be interesting and they're going to be the number five seed in the playoffs. They're going to be in trouble. So uh, I would expect them to tweak that a little bit to where the Rams don't get to expose them that way. Then it becomes a Jared Goff drop back pass game. And I don't think the Rams can win that kind of game. Then that's why I go with the Niners. All right. Good there. Anything else you want to add? All good. All right. Let's go to 1 p.m. It's the Jaguars. And of course, they're coming off the Tom Coughlin firing uh, just, just this past evening on Wednesday night at the Falcons. Falcons feeling good about themselves. Favored by seven and a half over under 46 and a half. Mike, do you think the Falcons keep it rolling? Do you think the Jags bounce back this or and keep it rolling as well after their big victory in Oakland? How do you think this shakes out? Yeah, look, I think the main reason the Jaguars won in Oakland on Sunday is because the Raiders let them, and the officials had a hand in that as well with that ridiculous decision to not call Derek Carr's slide an inbounds finish to a play, forcing the Raiders to run another play and giving the Jaguars more time when they finally got the ball back. I think with, with Dan Quinn potentially saving his ass since the bye week, winning in New Orleans against the Saints, winning in Santa Clara against the 49ers, I think they are good enough. They're definitely good enough to beat the Jaguars. And I don't know that getting rid of Tom Coughlin just suddenly cures everything in Jacksonville for the balance of the season. And I don't think Doug Marone is coaching for his job either. Yesterday's statement from Shad Khan, the owner of the team, seemed to suggest that maybe it's like a final exam the last two weeks from Marone and GM Dave Caldwell. I think Khan's already decided to keep the guys. Now, if they get blown off the field each of the next two weeks like they did against the Chargers two weeks ago, maybe that changes. But I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to do the Chris Sims thread the needle, although it's a decent sized needle. It's not a thin one. It's a six and a half point spread. I think the Falcons win 27, 24. So I think the Jaguars cover, but I think the Falcons win. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. And, you know, to your point with the Jaguars and that conversation there, it is interesting. You know, what, what happens there? I mean, you know, Dave Caldwell, I, I certainly could look at him and put, point some fingers there just as far as, you know, things he's done as far as building the team and all that. I guess there's a part of me that feels bad for Doug Marone in a lot of ways. I do. I mean, gosh, what a shitty situation to be put in. Hey, you're the head coach of the team. Hey, we're going to have a guy that's going to sit over here and micromanage every decision you make over your shoulder and tell you every little thing and what he would have done and, oh, you should have done this. I mean, that's, for lack of a better phrase, that's, that's fucked up. I don't know what I want to say. It, it really <laughs> yes. is. I feel bad the for Doug Marone. Term. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but, but to, to, to the game itself, yeah, I think that the Falcons are playing pretty good football. And I do think that their offense and Matt Ryan have got a little formula going. Julio Jones healthy. 
uh, you know, or at least somewhat healthy to where he can be effective that way. I'm going to go with the Falcons at home, too. I just don't trust the Jaguars. They're a little all over the place right now. Defense all over the place, offense all over the place. And you're right, I don't think they win that game if it weren't for that bad call last week. Uh, I'm going Falcons 24 to 20 uh, to pull off the victory and bring themselves to six and nine uh, after week 16. Um, all right, anything else you want to say there? Let me let me add one thing yeah. about about Caldwell, yeah, and about Marone. Right. I think one of the big reasons why Shad Khan needs to keep both guys for one more year yeah. is they may have something with Gardner Minshew. And I don't think it's worth the risk of bringing in a new GM and a new head coach who will say all the right things during the interview process. Oh, yeah, oh, you're interested in seeing what you have in Gardner Minshew? Sure, we're on board with that. And then they come in and they undermine the guy all year long so they can get their own guy for 2021. And, and you know that happens sometimes. And, you know, guys have their own vision of who a guy is, and it's just coincidental if you happen to hire a guy that is telling you the truth that he's a believer in the quarterback that you would like to develop. So Caldwell found him. And, you know, hey, they screwed up Blake Bortles. They screwed up Nick Foles. But they found Gardner Minshew. And I think to the extent that they want to give Gardner Minshew a year as the starter, and why not? He, he's, he's a marketer's dream, and that's a big part of the sport, getting people to want to come to the games, buy jerseys, follow the team, be inspired by the quarterback of the team. You got to give him a full season from the beginning of the offseason program all the way through the regular season to see what he can do. And the best way to do that reliably, knowing that the people you have are on board with it, is to keep the people who found him and who groomed him. Yeah. That's the that's the the A case. That is, I rest my case as to why Coughlin uh, is gone and Marone and Caldwell are still there and should stay for one more year. Yeah, I, I, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. It definitely does. Um it does, and Gardner Minshew has certainly earned the right to be in the conversation for the starting quarterback next year. Listen, there's issues there. I mean, they're going to have to figure out what the hell they're going to do with Nick Foles, too. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and they just need a few other players on their roster right now. they got some work cut out ahead of them, but I'm with you. I know this. I'm not trying to say anything about Caldwell. I, I do feel that Doug Marone should keep his job. I do. I think he was put in an unenviable position. Uh, just from what I see as far as football is concerned, yeah, I, I do think that, but we'll then see how that plays Caldwell out. Then keep Caldwell, too. Yeah, I'm I get it. I'm a firm it. believer in equal accountability. Right. Both stay or both go. Because you get on the New York Jets track, and it feels like the Jets have been on this track for the last 15 years yep. where you have a coach who is fired and the GM stays and then the GM is fired and the coach stays. I don't know why there's separate accountability and in an organization where there is a sense that there are two separate tracks of accountability. That is what creates dysfunction because when shit goes sideways and it happens, the coach thinks there's a way he can save his own ass by blaming it on the GM. And the GM thinks there's a way he can save his ass by blaming it on the coach. And the atmosphere needs to be they're joined at the hip. They either both thrive or they both die. And that's what needs to happen in a good organization. That's what the smart teams do. And I think that's what the Jaguars should do with Marone and Caldwell. You don't want to introduce a new GM to the mix hovering over, over Marone. No. Let Marone and Caldwell do it for a year and see what happens. I get it. The only thing I'll argue there, and we don't know this, and I don't know this, but if Caldwell was in bed with Coughlin on a lot of the stuff he was doing and decisions and second-guessing Doug Marone, then I could see him maybe th the split happening. 
to where Marone would have a case to go, listen, Coughlin was right here and Caldwell was right here and they were both in my fucking ear ma- micromanaging everything hey. I did. So I don't know that. If I'm that just throwing was, it out there. If that was the case, yeah. if that was the case, Caldwell would have been fired yesterday. I, w- I, w- I guess you're right. I would have expected yeah. that. Yes, that's a very yeah. solid point, no doubt. All right, here we go. Next one. Enough of them. those two crappy teams. Here we go. Ravens, Browns, the Ravens. They're going to the Cleveland Browns. Browns trying to play, play a little spoiler here. Ravens can clinch home field in the number one seed this week. Fa- favored by 10.5 points. The over-under at 48.5. Go ahead, Mike. The thing I love about this rivalry is that when you point out the obvious, undeniable historical fact that the Baltimore Ravens used to be the Cleveland Browns, it pisses off everyone. Browns fans get upset. Ravens fans get upset. And they start giving you, oh, no, the Browns organization did not move to Baltimore. The the names and the records stayed behind. The Browns just went into hiatus for a couple of years. The Browns didn't move to Baltimore. A football team moved from Cleveland to Baltimore, but it was not the Browns. It was the Browns that moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens, and it's the Ravens that won two Super Bowls that should have been Cleveland Browns Super Bowls, and that's my story, and I will forever stick to it. Yeah. And I can also not deny the fact that the Browns somehow beat the Ravens back in week four. Chris, I know that you believe there are concerns there from a matchup standpoint. Can they stop Nick Chubb? Yada, yada. I think the Ravens, with extra time to get ready, with the one seed right there to be grabbed, I think they they make short work of the Browns, thirty four to twenty, and I think it could be worse than that. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I'm not crazy here. I, I do think that the Browns can pose some issues for the Ravens defense because of Nick Chubb, like you said, and then of course the Ravens want to get in your face, play man to man, bump and run, and challenge every play. Well, I just that's scary against this group. I mean, Odell Beckham, he's not totally the Odell Beckham Jr. we know with injuries and all that, but he's still dangerous, and so is Jarvis Landry. But having said all that. My biggest concern is the Browns' defense, and especially of late. I mean, hey, you know, first off, the Ravens are different now than they were then. They were kind of still tinkering with their formula and figuring out how to do things. Lamar Jackson's better now. Their offensive run game attack is better now. Uh, And I think their defense is better now than it was then, too, and especially with the addition of Marcus Peters and all of that. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going Ravens here, 31-21. I mean – the, the Browns' run defense has been getting absolutely gashed lately. I mean, the Bengals ran the ball all over them the next week. I mean, Kenyon Drake last week, I mean, ran all over them. So how the fuck can I pick the Browns to win this game when they have the best running team we've ever seen in the history of football coming into town? And me go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but I do think the Browns will score a few points. I'm going Ravens 31-21. We're close score there. So I'm threading the needle there. Uh, but whatever. I'm just going to leave it just where it is. I'm not changing it. But I do think the Ravens win this game and, and clinch the number one number one seed in the AFC. Anything else you want to add before we go to Panthers-Colts? No, and I, but I, the Ravens are 335 yards away from setting the all-time record for rushing yards right. in this season. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. I doubt they're going to get it on Sunday but they may indeed get it by week 17. Yeah, no, there's a good chance. I, I would think that as a team, just 335 the, rushing yards on Sunday. That's a hell of a lot of rushing no, yards. But as a team, I, I could see them getting close to 200 for sure. I really could. There's no doubt. There's just not a lot of n- enough depth and size oh, and w- without Miles hey, Garrett in Cleveland. Yeah, they, they, they did it to the Jets on Thursday night. The Jets were even up, what, 75 rushing yards a game, and they did 200 plus last Thursday night. So yeah. I think they'll get 200. 
The question is, can they get the extra 135 against the Steelers yeah, in Week 17? Yeah, uh, yeah that, that'll be a tough one. No doubt about that. All right, here we go. Panthers, Colts, all right. Panthers, are, they're sucky-ducky lately. There's no doubt about that. The Colts are not much better. They're kind of in sucky-duckyville themselves. They're favored by six and a half. At home, of course, over under at 46 and a half. Mike, who do you think gets back on track here after two teams coming off of underwhelming performances last week? And, and, and let me just say this. I, I am a huge West Virginia University football fan, even though in recent years, my passion has dwindled for a variety of reasons. One, I enjoy college football less generally because I believe the players are being grossly exploited and it gets worse each and every year as the game gets bigger and bigger and the players don't get compensated fairly for the risks they take, their sacrifices, their efforts, etc. Also, I am capable of being incredibly objective about how good and or bad West Virginia players are when they get to the next level. And there was so much hype about Will Greer as an NFL prospect. He's going to play this week. Look, I think the Panthers are in not-so-subtle tank mode. I think this was an ownership call to put the worst quarterback on the field. Let's go ahead and let 5-3 and three become 5-11 and 11 and enhance our draft status for next year. It's not tanking because the players won't be trying to lose, and Perry Fiewell isn't trying to lose. But when you say we want to put the third-string quarterback, who was the third-string quarterback for a reason, right? Third-round pick who couldn't beat out Kyle Allen right. before the start of the season. Right. I think this is going to be an ugly day for the Carolina Panthers. And even though, and I think one of the reasons why the spread is only six and a half is because of what happened to the Colts in prime time on yeah. Monday. The Colts are more than a touchdown better than the Panthers. This one could get ugly. I like the Colts, and I've only gone a 10-point spread here. My pick is 27-17. I think it could be worse than that, and I think Will Greer is going to find out that there are fundamental differences between Big 12 and NFL defenses, and he's going to find it out quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, at a base level, it's just such a hard position to be thrown into. You're right. First off, it's a step up in level of competition. It's a whole different game than the Big 12, which is a seven-on-seven conference, and to just, you know, sit on the bench, really only do scout team stuff all year long, it's hard to get back into the reality of playing quarterback. It really is. It's, it's, I had to do it before, and then I had to do it in the middle of the season, and that was tough, let alone here for the last two weeks of the season. So uh, I think that's uh, definitely a tough ask of a guy to come in and hit on all cylinders there. The Colts haven't been playing good football either on either side of the ball. That's what's scary. But I just think, yes, like to your point, with them being at home, you know, I do think they have pride in bouncing back from what they did last week. You know, the Panthers starting a new quarterback. The Panthers' defense hasn't been good lately. Uh, I just look at that, and I, I got again. I'm I'm similar score to you. I'm going Colts 28 to 17 in this one. I think they win comfortably. Yeah, I think we'll we'll make a few mistakes that way. And uh, you know, I think Jacoby Brissett and company kind of get back on track on the offensive side of the ball after some poor showings the past few weeks. All right. I mean, that game on yeah. Monday night for the Colts just got out of hand Whoa. early and they never really had a chance. And I think there's pride at play. And there's also the idea that, hey, you need to hold your fan base together for next year. You can't come home and shit the bed against a team you should beat in one of the final games of the season and expect people to renew their season tickets. So it's pride. It's it's 2020. There's a lot of reasons for the Colts to show up and win this one, and I think they will. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And to that point, as you said before we go on, with, with Jacoby Brissett, it's big too. He's got to give that, that organization some comfort. Ever since he got hurt, he has not been the same guy. 
He has not played well and really in, in quite some time. And as you saw on Monday night, it was he missed some throws early where, you know, in that kind of environment, you just can't. You can't miss those kind of throws when you're the lesser team on the field playing another team that's kind of hot. And he, he, you know, failed to take advantage of some of those plays. So this will be a big game for him, too, to get kind of get the critics off his back. All right, here we go. Whoa, we got a pick em here. I don't know. Have I seen a pick em this year? We have it's the first pick em of the year. Wow. So we got Bengals at Dolphins. All right. Let's not spend a lot of time on this one. Pick em over under 46 and a half, Mike. Yeah. I don't know why it's pick em. Why are the Dolphins not favored in this game? Right? Well, I, I just think the Dolphins are a better team. I mean, the Bengals are 1 in 12. What have we seen from them 1 in 13? What have we seen from them that makes us think they're going to go in there and win this game? And this is Ryan Fitzpatrick going against one of his former teams. And I think the Bengals were his initial team. And I talked to him a few weeks ago, and he reminded me of the story of when he was with the Bengals that he, he learned that he was being traded from an item on profootballtalk.com. He read it there before he actually was informed oh, by the that's, team that he was going right. to be traded. I remember hearing that, yeah. So, so look, uh, that's that's the reason for him to try to stick a little bit to the Bengals given how they treated him, and I know it was years ago, but I, I just think the Dolphins, I, I think everything about the Dolphins right now is better than the Bengals. Not dramatically, but enough that it shouldn't be pick em, and I think the Bengals will win the game. I have selected a fairly close score of 21-17, to 17, but I think the Dolphins will win. All right, uh, and I'm going the other way. I'm going Bengals 24-21 here. I, I just, uh, to me, it went down. I kind of went it down to this. Just, and you know, not saying my logic's right, but this was my logic here. You're just mad that the Dolphins lost last week when you picked them to beat the Giants. You had faith in them last week, and you shouldn't have. So you're holding a grudge against the Dolphins. Well, Admit. I mean, didn't lose, lost by 16. I mean, that that's that's <laughs> a little scary. Okay, yeah, I have a hard time getting behind that right now. I definitely do. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it like this more than anything. What's what I just look at it is go, okay, the greatest thing that the, the Dolphins got on offense is Devontae Parker and Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing it up to him. The Bengals got some cover guys. So I just go there and go, ooh, they could slow that down. And then the other side I look at and just go, okay, you know, the Dolphins defense, they play tough every week, but they're not super talented. And Andy Dalton's got a few weapons at his disposal. And the big thing is Joe Mixon to me right now. Joe Mixon's on fire. I mean, poor Joe Mixon. He's he might fall into obscurity here, but he has been playing like a superstar running back the last few weeks. I mean, he's been tearing it up, and that that's really just my logic right there. There's not a lot of X's and O's to get down to. I'm not betting on this game. I don't. I'm I'm done. I've made the mistake of betting on bad teams, but I'm going to take the Bengals to win a close one, 24-21. Is that our first disagreement? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I you need like more it, if you're going to catch me there. I like it, Andy Dalton. You like it, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, here we go. Steelers, Jets, over under 37 and a half. Steelers favored by two and a half. Going to New York. Devlin Duck Hodges making the start again. Mike, this is your second favorite team in football other than the Vikings. What do you think happens with the Steelers? Yeah, and let me tell you something. You, you are incredibly incorrect on that. That is fake news. That is not true at all. And I give you Super Bowl nine as Exhibit A as to what my true feelings are about the Pittsburgh Steelers, although I am accused all the time of being a Steelers fan. Well, that Super Bowl nine was Vikings-Steelers, right? Exactly. Right. And who so won that game? I'm saying and you're who won the, that game. I, I'm saying that's your, but you're still, I'm saying you're a Vikings fan. Your second favorite team is the Steelers. 
That's not how it works. That's not how anybody. And listen, growing up, and and my my official position now is I hate all teams equally. That's bullshit. When you you when, love the when Vikings. You, when not, not like I used to. When you are a true fan, you have one team that you like and every other team that you hate. That's how it's supposed to be, right? Isn't that how you are? Uh, yeah, no. When I'm you're a true fan. We how you were, not how you are now. It's different now. Yes. Now it's more driven by who we know and who we like yes, and who we like to see well. That's where the people what you like you do develop an affinity for a certain team because you'd like to see someone do well. And you also like to see your predictions pan out. There's a selfishness selfishness to it. Sure. I've been partial to the Seahawks the past couple of years because I'm one of the few that's been saying they aren't rebuilding, they're reloading. Watch them get back in the Super Bowl before you know it. So you want to be right, so you kind of root for that outcome. So it's your predictions being validated. It's the people you know and like seeing them do well. People that you want to see, like Larry Fitzgerald, I'd love to see him get a Super Bowl ring, although I don't think that's going to happen. But that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. That that takes over that strongly partisan I have a favorite team and the rest of them can go get screwed. Yep. Okay. I'm with you. I mean, the giants are my favorite team and I was that way. Yes. Until I got too into the NFL and friends and relationships and stuff like that. But I get I'd like you. to think it changed once you became a member of the Buccaneers. Well, yeah, it definitely. It really started to change before that. I just started to know people all around the league, even just from, you know, my dad's retirement and me following him around here and there and meeting people. So yeah, it, it changes once you're involved, like you're saying now get back to the point and talk about the game. Well, you're the one that got me off track because you're making false accusations. I have to defend myself. Okay, fine. Thank you, counselor. You did well. I I like the Steelers to win this game. I don't know why. It's like every other week, and maybe I should have learned last week. But what do the Jets really have that can compete with the Steelers? And I know Jamal Adams may be back, which would be a, a huge potential difference for Duck Hodges. But the Steelers are still alive for a playoff berth. And look, they, they, they ran into a really good team on Sunday against the Bills. It happens. Juju Smith-Schuster has a chance to come back. James Conner has been back. I just think that the Steelers understand the stakes here. They need to finish what they not started because it started ugly, but they, they need to finish what they figured out somewhere around week four. And and I think even, even though this is a dangerous game for the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell is going to be determined to try to get a little revenge on Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh wins the game 23-17. to 17. I don't feel incredibly strongly about it. I do feel somewhat strongly that it's going to be a low-scoring game. But other than that, I I, uh, I like the Steelers to win the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I do expect it to be a low-scoring game too. I think uh, when I just think about the the breakdown itself, I mean – the, the one thing you look at, the Jets. I mean, hey, listen, the Jets did some good things against the Ravens last Thursday night. And, of course, they got extra time to prepare because of that. But, you know, that game was a little misleading as far as the score is concerned. I mean, they're down there in scoring position, and it's going to be a game. And Sam Donald throws a really horrible interception uh, where I don't know. I still don't know where he was throwing it. But I liked what I saw from the Jets there. Okay, so, you know, they, they, they can come up with a game plan between Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson to where they can be dangerous at least or move the ball a little on the Steelers. I get that. And then, you know, I look at the other side where it's dangerous for the Steelers is, you know, the, the Steelers aren't good enough to take advantage of the Jets' deficiencies and pass defense, in my opinion, to where I just say, oh, I feel good about them now. This is going to be close. And the Jets, as we know, they can play some run defense. You know, when you're one-dimensional against the Jets, that's scary. I mean, you look like I think about teams like the Raiders when they played them. 
the Redskins, who all want to run the football and be conservative passing the ball. I'm taking the Jets in an upset. I am. I just, there's something here. I think this game will be close. And I think the Jets' defense is good enough to keep them in the game. And ultimately, I'm going down to a little bit of the logic I used last week. I just go, I'm going to trust Adam Gase and Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder to make just a few more plays over Devlin Duck Hodges and that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. I'm going Jets 17-14, pulling off the upset here. All right. Well, good. That's good. two we disagree on and good. two more that I'll win. I'll have a six-game lead going into week 17. We'll see about that. Okay, here we go. Saints-Titans, another good one. All right. Uh, Saints at home, favored by two and a half at the Titans. And I think I've told you this before. When the spread is two and a half, I've always been told by a few gamblers, that means Vegas doesn't know what the hell is going to happen in this game. This game's dangerous, too, for the Saints. But Saints favored by two and a half, over under 50.5. Mike, do you think there's any way the Saints could blow this? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that it would co- uh, constitute the Saints blowing it. Yeah, right? no, you're right. They, they looked great on Monday night against the Colts. And you can make the argument that maybe it was a little too easy for the Saints on Monday night because it's not going to be easy going into Tennessee. We've heard from Mike Vrabel on PFT Live a couple of times this week from press conferences. He's pissed off. And I think that attitude is going to permeate through to his players. I think Dean Pease is going to do enough with the defense to slow down that offense. You're taking them outside, not in the dome. Yep. And the Titans are fighting for their playoff lives. This is going to be a high-intensity game from the Tennessee Titans. And I think that the, you know, the Titans aren't going to step into that same pothole the Colts did. It's not going to be that same special night, the 10th anniversary of the of the Super Bowl 44 team is over. Drew Brees has the record. It, the planets are not going to line up for the Saints the way they did. I like the Titans to win this one, and I'm trying to get ahead of the idea of yeah. not giving up on the Titans because when you give up on the Titans, right. that's when they wake up, and that's when they stun you. 24-21, Titans win the game and keep alive their, their playoff hopes, and maybe if they get lucky and the Buccaneers beat the Texans, it comes down to Week 17 Tennessee at Houston for the division title. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I hear you. I mean, this is a a coin flip game, in my opinion, too. I'm I'm with you. I mean, first off, I just think with the Saints offense versus the Titans defense, it won't be the same as what we saw on Monday night against the Colts. You know, you've heard me say the Colts do a little bit of what the Cowboys do. It's it's too simple. It's the same two defenses all game long. The Tennessee Titans will not be that way. They will do some different things. They will get in your face a little bit and not let you throw, you know, short passes to Thomas and Kamara right over the middle of the field. They're going to stop that type of stuff. Uh, they, they will do some outside the box. Oh, it's third down. We're going to double Mike Tom- Michael Thomas and take him out of the game plan. They will do all of those type of things. You know, then you just think about, you know, the other side of the ball where I go, ooh, you know, the Titans, of course, we know Ryan Tannehill, he's playing phenomenal still in the Derrick Henry run game and all that. I just go, I guess where I look at it is you know, I just I have a hard time thinking Tennessee's gonna run the ball on this group in, in New Orleans. And I think the addition of Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins for the Saints is gonna pay off this week. It's gonna help them be able to play man to man a little bit. Now you got him and Marshawn Lattimore. That's a game changer. I mean, it's a game changer. It really is. I mean, it's the, when it gets to third and four, they're going to feel comfortable about going, you know what? We're not going to let some little schemed up play screw over our zone defense or our, our zone defense here. 
we can play man and feel good about it and put, you know, one guy on A.J. Brown and Marshawn Lattimar and then whoever the other receiver is they just deem they want to match up with, uh, Corey Davis, whoever it may be, they can go jackrabbit, you get him. I'm going to go the Saints in a tight one. Field goal win, 23-20. I don't feel comfortable with it. It will not be my best bet. I will not be shocked if it went your way either. But I just think the Saints are a little tougher and more consistent than the Titans. I'm going to give them the victory here. So we're now up to three disagreements after having zero for a while. Three in a row. Baby, I like it. Yes, here we go. All right, Giants, Redskins. Let me say one more thing. Okay. Let me say one more thing, although I don't want you to change your mind. The weather forecast currently for Nashville, high of 49, low of 38, with a 53% chance of rain. And if it rains, we know that's going to change things potentially for the Saints. Well, hey, yeah, you're right. I mean, listen. Out, Drew Brees outdoor is a game changer. That's that's why I will always argue he can't be one of the five best quarterbacks in football when he can't play Here at three we quarters of the stadiums in the NFL. I'm sorry. He gets 10 games a year in the dome, basically. And uh, yeah, that's, that's just going to be my thing. But here we go. Giants, Redskins. Redskins, two and a half point favorites. They're playing tough. They're a pain in the butt. Giants got the big Eli Manning victory last week. Uh, Redskins favored by two and a half, 41.5. And we're expecting Daniel Jones back in the fold to the Giants this week. Mike, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, look. Washington's played well in recent weeks and they gave the Eagles everything they could handle and they had won a couple of games in a row. And and, uh, I, I... I just don't, you know, yeah, I know the Giants got the win over the Dolphins, but that was more the Eli Manning send-off. I feel like it was a send-off for the season for the Giants, and they're just not going to care about the last two games. I could see some Giants players making business decisions in this game, uh, really not playing as hard as possible. And there may be some guys in the Washington locker room that think there's a chance they could they could get Bill Callahan the permanent job. And there's always that, that temptation uh, that, well, there's a lure by – the presence of the interim coach to get the current players to bust their asses because they want the interim coach to get the job. They don't want some stranger to come in and change everything. So I think the motivation is greater for Washington. And I I think that, you know, it is kind of a toss up game. I'm going to give Washington the edge here 23 to 20, just because I think after winning last week, that's kind of it for the giants. And, uh, and I think they're just, they're not going to show up their last two weeks. Yeah, I don't know where to what to think of this football game. I mean, uh, you're right. The Redskins keep playing tough. There's no doubt about that. Um, I just don't know if I can realistically buy into their offense enough to pick them here. I guess that's what scares me. You know, I, it really does. It's it's a lot of just running game. Dwayne Haskins did play well last week. It was his best game as a pro by far. But it's still not where I'm just going to go, oh, he's going to pick defenses apart. The Giants are stout up front in the run game. And I, I'm going to go with the Giants. I am. I'm, I think Daniel Jones is going to come back uh, fresh, feeling better about himself, taking a you know a backseat look to just, man, why am I making this game so complicated? I think they're going to want to get him off on a good note these last two weeks of the year. I think between him, Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley kind of getting going again in the run game a little bit. I'm going to take them to win a close game. I'm going Giants 24-17. I will not be betting on this, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm just going, 
I, I think the Giants can pick apart the Redskins zone defense a little bit and run the ball. And like I said, I just don't know if I trust the, the Redskins offense, but I, I have no feel for this game either way. This is a tough one to pick, but I'm going Giants. So, man, that's so four we're now up to four, four out of four, four out of four, four. Out of four. Yeah, baby. All right. I might tie well, this thing this week. Here we go. Let's start. Wait, the wait, wait. Oh, wait. You're right. Wait, Sorry. Wait, we need, we need to do something yeah. here. Uh, we, we need to do the Nitsa read that reminds everyone during the holiday season to not get behind the wheel of any vehicle or any aircraft or any boat or anything else where your judgment and faculties are necessary. If you have been consuming alcohol or if you have been smoking or eating any type of THC laden product and I, they, 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 they give us a script, but I don't care about the script. And they renewed it for this week, apparently because they prefer the ad lib to the script. But I'm just going to ad lib and say anyone out there, don't be stupid. It's the end of the year, and it's very tempting to, to feel good and not think about what the consequences would be of, of potentially getting behind the wheel when you've had too many to drink and maybe you didn't make a good plan about how you're going to get home. You're not really thinking about that, and you're distracted by all the Christmas gifts you got to go buy, and you, you finally get a chance to take a breath, and one drink becomes two, becomes five, becomes ten, and then you got to figure out how you're going to get home. Plan ahead. Be smart. And when in doubt, just pick up the cell phone device and use a ride-sharing app. Call a cab. Do something. It's not hard to do. People still drive drunk or otherwise impaired way too often. Too many people have their lives ended either while driving the vehicle or while being on the wrong end of the person who was driving it. It is a horrible thing that happens any time of the year. It makes it even more horrible at the holidays. Be smart. Be careful. Do not drive drunk. Do not drive high. Drive sober. Or the best case scenario is you get pulled over. That's what you should hope for, is you merely get arrested for DUI, not get into an accident that could injure or kill you, someone you care about who's in the car with you, or some stranger who's out there in another car or walking down the street minding his or her own business. So be smart. Don't be stupid. Don't drive drunk. And that's that. Yeah, well said. Way to go. Way to go, Nitsa. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm with you all the way. I mean, why wouldn't you? Ride sharing app, anything. I mean, come on, enjoy yourself. You don't have to think about it that way. I mean, that's the great thing about Uber or Lyft or anything like that. Jeez. It's just, you know, you can party and have fun and drink and don't have to worry about, oh, I might have to drive in two or three hours. Just let loose. It's the time of the year to relax and be with family. Don't ruin your family or somebody else's family by being stupid and getting behind the wheel. But but let's not let loose to the point where we're throwing up in the back of the Uber. That's not good for anybody. Either. Well, yeah, it's the lesser and, and, of two and one, evils. Once, one, once, upon, once upon a time, a friend of mine who had a little bit too much let loose in the back of my car, and it took about five months for it to get back to normal. Oh, so yeah. So don't do that. I used to be a bull, a big pull-the-trigger guy if I got really too drunk. You know, I'd just pull the trigger. I'd put my finger way down there and go, you know what, I'm going to throw up in five hours when I wake up anyways. Let me get this started right now, and maybe I'll feel a little bit better when I wake up. I used to do it all the time. I was famous for it. Well, we we, we won't have to worry about doing the Nitsa read next week, so thank you for that. <laughs> yep. All right, here we go. On to 4 o'clock off of that. Lions at Broncos. And the Broncos at home, uh, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Over under at 38-and-a-half. Wow, not a, not a high over under there. Broncos lost last week in the snowstorm. Lions were dominated by the the Bucks. Um, Drew Locke does look good. What do you think happens here, Mike? 
Well, I, you know, look, I, I don't know what the Lions are really playing for here. Matt Patricia's already gotten his free pass for next year. I don't know how the players feel about that. I mean, that's part of the culture change that they're trying to engineer, frankly, in in uh, Detroit, where they have guys there who actually would be happy to know that Matt Patricia is staying and play hard for him down the stretch. I think the Broncos win this game. They, uh, they, they're not going to have a, a, a non-losing record. They already got their ninth loss of the season. But, uh, you know, you want to go out on a high note. Drew Locke is going to want to do what he can to atone for last week. He's now 2-1 and one as a starter. They should be able to beat the Lions. A bunch of injuries. Matthew Stafford on IR. He won't be back this year, obviously. David Blau has not been great as it relates to, uh, you know, his performance stepping in for Stafford. And then, what, who was the guy that Blau took over for? Who was the backup? Oh, it's been so long Well, now. you know, the Florida, run, the Florida guy whoever, who could run whoever uh, they, everywhere. Whoever they scraped up and, uh, yeah, whoever that was. Uh, my God, it's amazing I how I can't think of his forget. damn name right now. I'm totally choking under the pressure. Regardless. Holy cow. A forgettable. That boy, they don't even know in the control. Well, he went to the Google University it. of Florida. He runs better than he throws. And I just. Tim Jeff Tebow. Driscoll. Tim Tebow. Jeff Driscoll. All right. Uh, I, I like the Broncos in this one, 27 to 13. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, to what you're saying, I mean, hey, the Lions defense, not very good. David Blau at quarterback, like you said, uh, nothing special along that side of the ball. The Broncos defense is still a pain in the butt. I mean, they, they didn't play bad last week. I mean, it's just, hey, it's the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I mean, you know, hey, it doesn't matter who the hell you put out there. They can, they're capable of scoring on anybody. So, yeah, I think the Broncos certainly have the advantage as far as their defense versus the, the Lions offense. And then the other way around, you know, I think there's some excitement in the Broncos organization right now. There should be excitement in the fans, too. And the way the Lions play defense and the yards they give up on a weekly basis and things like that, I wouldn't be shocked if the, the Broncos went out there and, and made some big plays and stuff. They're not going to gonna have a hard time matching up with those weapons. And Drew Locke, as we've seen already, he can push the ball down the field. Uh, I, like, I like the Broncos here all the way, too. I'm going 27-17. They win comfortably at home. Uh, well, our streak of disagreements ends at four. It ends at four. Uh, but here we go. Raiders, Chargers, Raiders at the Chargers in L.A. Chargers favored by six and a half over under at 45.5. Raiders got screwed over last week. Chargers screwed themselves over as they usually do. Um, what do you think happens here, Mike? Man, it's tough to trust this either one of these teams right now. Last home game ever for Phillip Rivers. I don't think he'll be back with the Chargers next year. This is the last game after their three-year stint in that ridiculous 27,000-seat stadium, which surely will be overrun by L.A. Raiders fans, Raiders fans who still live in the L.A. area. You don't need to bring them in from Oakland or Las Vegas. There are plenty of Raiders fans still in L.A. who will be at that game. The Chargers are used to that. I think that, that after losing last week, it's, it's not going to atone for what happened last week. And I think the reaction by the Raiders fans, that may stick with some of these guys. I just feel like they are going to be a little shell-shocked after what happened. And I think the Chargers, uh, you know, th this is their path. They have that ugly loss, and then they follow it up at times with with a decent performance. And and I think that, that Phil, considering this is the last time he will play a home game for the Chargers, and he knows it in his heart, He's got a better sense of moment and drama than the entire Raiders organization did last week. I think Rivers delivers in his last game at home with the Chargers, and they win 30-20. to 20. Yeah, uh, you know, clearly, the, uh, to me, the Chargers are the more talented team here. Uh, I, do, I do think that. And this Chargers defense is still very good. 
You know, and the, the big thing is just will will Philip Rivers and Melvin Gordon and everybody take care of the freaking football? That's that's really the biggest thing. You know, and with the Raiders, you know, there's just not enough to scare you in the pass game. And I have a hard time, you know, thinking they're going to be able to dominate in the run game. And when the Raiders have a hard time kind of controlling the ball in the run game, you know, I just don't know if they're good enough to win the football game yet. And, you know, I did not like the way the Raiders defense has looked over the last few weeks. And for that, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm going to play the percentages of this is a – Get back on track week for the Chargers. Last home game, Phillip Rivers will be really wary of taking care of the ball. He threw three dumb interceptions against the Raiders the first time. Probably should have been five or six legitimately. I mean, that's how bad it was. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking, the, I'm taking the Chargers to win this too. I am 30 to 20. Uh, I think they kind of win comfortably here in this one and, uh, and get their win what? in Phillip Rivers' last home game. Quit copying my scores. Did you have 30 20 too? I think I had 30 to 20. Damn, we've had that's what like the third score we've been like really close with. Here we go. Cowboys, Eagles. You ready? I'm ready. Cowboys, two and a half point favorites on the road in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Over under 46 and a half, Mike. Huge implications in the NFC East. As we know, whoever wins is the king. Well, not whoever wins is the king. If the Cowboys win, they are the king. If the Eagles win, there's a pretty good chance they win the king or become the king. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, this is one where I should make you go first because I don't okay. know what I'm going to do. I, wait, 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 wait. Let me just say this. I put out a question on Twitter. I, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to do my pick based upon your pick. I don't want to do the safe thing and just mirror what you do. I put out a question on Twitter because I really am torn about this one. Cowboys or Eagles, 2,300 votes. I only put one hour on it because we only had you know, yeah. limited time and I right. didn't want to keep it open. One hour, 2,300 votes, 54%. Cowboys, 46%. Eagles. I'm concerned about Dak Prescott's shoulder. Yeah. I don't know what to think about that, right. and I don't know how it's going to affect – the Cowboys, and just because the Cowboys looked really good and it all clicked for one day, one moment in time against the Rams on Sunday, I don't know that that fixes the deeper issues with the Cowboys. I believe that even though the Eagles have not been overly impressive in their last two victories, they beat the Giants after being down 17-3 to at the half. They won in overtime, obviously, and then they had the game against the the Washington franchise where they had the backdoor cover and won by 10. It was a much closer game than that. 37-27 was the final score. I, uh, I, th- this is, this is for all the times the Cowboys have burned me this year. This is up yours, Jerry Jones. I'm ta- I don't mean that literally or figuratively. I'm just having fun. I like the Eagles in this one. I feel like this is the kind of game where the Cowboys are going to trip over their own shoelaces and the Eagles are going to find a way to win. And the Cowboys are going to have to hope that the Eagles lose to the Giants week 17 or the Cowboys aren't getting in the playoffs. I just feel like there's been this presumption the Cowboys are going to win that division. And I think that's going to help the Eagles. And this dates back to 2017 and the dog masks, 2018 when we wrote the Eagles off. I just feel like when they are absolutely positively back against the wall, dead in the water, they find something. And even though they weren't dominant against the Giants or Washington, that just makes this even greater presumption that the Cowboys will beat them. And that's why I think it all adds up for Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, find a way, win the game, hopefully close, hopefully exciting, hopefully over, not too deep into our Football Night in America broadcast, Eagles win. And I'll go 24-20, Eagles over the Cowboys. Wow, wow. Well, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm yee Come on, Cowboys. Come on, 
road. Take your six shooter out and shoot that little eagle out of the air. Bam, bam, bam. Okay. I'm going the Dallas Cowboys. I can't get behind the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't. I mean, Ertz, Goddard, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, hey, all fine players. That's all they got on offense. It's a bunch of six-yard throws, and we're going to jam it in there in the tightest coverage ever. Carson Wentz has been phenomenal. But really, what it basically comes down to me is this. When you don't got guys that can catch the ball, and this day and age of 2019, I mean, like receivers that can make plays happen, and then you don't got the guys who actually can cover the receivers on the other side of the ball, that's scary to me. And I hear you with the Dak Prescott injury. It certainly does. Um, I think last week's game is the kind of week Dallas Cowboys will feed off of. I think they're clearly the more talented team right now. Uh, and I just – they have no excuse in this game. They got none. They're better – then the Philadelphia Eagles, seven days a week, twice on Sunday. If they lose this, they all deserve to be fired. That's all I can really say. You hey, know, they're better. But look, they, they've lost seven games. I they're better than five it. the teams I that get beat it. them. I know. I just, I'm just saying a pure talent. They are the more talented team. They're healthy. The Eagles are not. They got issues there. Like you said, the Eagles the last two weeks, they won. It was crappy as hell. I mean, they got they got shellacked against the Dolphins the week before that. And I'm not saying Dallas has been any better. I get that. But they've played a little bit higher level competition and some tougher games than the Eagles have lately. And I just think last week was enough to kind of get them going a little bit here. And uh, yes, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say exactly what you said earlier with the Saints Titans spread right. when the Saints are two and a half road favorites. Yeah. Vegas doesn't know what the hell's going to happen. I get it. How I, are you so sure? I, I'm, I, I'm not totally sure. I'm not. I get it. I mean, Dallas is crazy. You know, my old phrase, they're capable of shitting and pissing down their leg as they get in bed. We know that. At the that. same time. They can do it. getting in bed, but, down their leg. But I'm just going to play the who's got the better football team. You know, you've expanded it now to include number one it just used to be number two i know so well you're, you're because that's colorful dallas and philadelphia they've they've expanded that thought altogether with the way <laughs> they play at times so but yes i just don't know how the eagles can move the ball consistently with oh we're just gonna throw to the backs out of the backfield and Ertz and goddard those type of throws i think that plays into dallas's hands that way a little bit there and then on the other side of the ball Come on, I just I just don't trust the Eagles' defense right now. Everybody's making big plays on them every week, and if Dallas can't, then I'm I'm you know they're done, they're fired. So I'm going Cowboys 31-23 to pull uh, to pull off that victory. We're up to five now. We're up to five. five. I'm gonna tie it up this five. week, baby. If here you we sweep go. me, you'll take the lead. Uh, here we go. Here Will we you? go. All right, Cardinals. Oh, I'm up five. I'm You're up, up five. five. That'll right? tie. Yeah, five. we'll see if we have any disagreements with these last three. We may. Okay, here Cardinals. we go. Take the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals Please. at Seahawks. You love Kyler Murray. You take him. This is the highest over-under of the week. Nobody's expecting defense in this one. Seahawks at home, favored by nine and a half points, 51.5 over-under. Go ahead, Mike. What do you think happens? Kyler versus Russell, part two. I think that the Seattle Seahawks will win the game. They know what the stakes are. They know that they are two home wins away from being the two seed or the one seed in the NFC, and they will not they will not urinate or defecate down their leg and while getting into bed in this one. 31 to 17, the Seahawks win over the Cardinals, setting the stage for that one 
slash two or five seed game the following weekend against the 49ers. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going Seattle here too. I'm picking them to win 28-24 though. I think it'll be a little closer. You know, um, Arizona, you know, with Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake and stuff. And again, I just, I'm not totally confident in that Seattle. Jadavian Clowney may miss the game. Right. And we got no, uh, no quandary digs, right, at safety. Right. So Bobby Wagner. Right. So those things are scary to me. That's where I just look at it and go, you know, I do expect Seattle to win. I think Seattle's going to the- take Arizona. No, I'm not. I'm not. Not at home. And I just don't know if Arizona's defense is good enough to, to do to stop Russell Wilson and company. Um, but I am going to take Seattle 28 to 24. So I got the Cardinals covering the spread, but Seattle winning the football game, but would be shocked. Seattle just, you know, they're one of those teams that they don't put anybody away. They're kind of like the Packers that way. It's a, you look up and you go, oh, they're down in the game. What? They're only up by one score. You know, they, they never do. And uh, that scares me. And I, I just think that'll be kind of the same thing here. The Cardinals will hang around as the Seahawks outplay them. All right. Chiefs Bears, Sunday night football, our big game. We'll be here getting prepared for that all day. Sunday, Chiefs on the road in Chicago. Chiefs favored by six and a half, over under at 43 and a half. It's Andy Reid. It's Matt Nagy, uh, two ex-coaches with each other there. Mike, go ahead. Do you think there's any way the Bears can pull off the upset in this one? Well, given the uh, extent to which, even though we are having a reasonable degree of success picking games across the board, for whatever reason, we suck on Sunday nights. So this is one of those where I am damn sure the Chiefs are going to win. I probably should pick the Bears, but the, the the Bears are done. The Bears had their shot. The Bears were back until they blew it to the Packers. And damn, they they still could have forced overtime. That ridiculous play at the end of the game. Uh, I, I and they had the chance. It was right there. The flip to Allen Robinson would have maybe put the game into overtime if they had converted the two pointer, but it wasn't to be. I think the Chiefs are just too good. Twenty eight thirteen is my score, and I think that Andy Reid is going to be able to solve Matt Nagy and Chuck Pagano. Uh, I, I th- all the, and, and you, boy, it, it's shades of that that playoff game when Chuck Pagano was the head coach of the Colts and Reid was with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs were up thirty eight to ten. I think Andy still remembers a little bit of that. So he's got even extra incentive. And also, the Chiefs quietly in position to maybe pilfer a bye week. They're not going to blow this one. And the one thing Patrick Mahomes told me last week after they beat the Broncos, they like playing in the primetime games. They were happy the game wasn't flexed out because it feels like a playoff game. So this is a good playoff simulation for the Chiefs. Road game, playoff atmosphere, Chiefs win 28-13 to and continue to build momentum, get to five wins in a row, and point it toward uh, a playoff run that could end up vaulting them back into the Super Bowl 50 years after they were last there. Yeah, that's right. They're dangerous right now. They are. And, you know, this Bears defense is still – it's still really good. There's no doubt about that. But the Chiefs are special on offense. They are. I mean, they're just – it's a different dynamic. I don't think the Bears have played an offense that's as explosive as this one all year long. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I, I uh, of course think Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid and company will be able to move the ball, not like up and down the field and going to be an air show, but enough to get it done. And I think the other side is just where I really look at it and go, I feel comfortable with the Chiefs winning this football game. And, you know, you know, the Chiefs, they got size up front. You know, you're not going to run the ball on them that way. And, you know, again, I, I know I've said this, I've said this every week for what, the past five weeks, but. The, the Chiefs do outside-the-box type of things on a weekly basis now. Every week I turn on the film and I go, ooh, I like that. Ooh, that was a good disguise. Ooh, that's a cool way to double the guy. 
Ooh, they were in this defense and at the snap shifted to this defense. So they have become multiple without being stupid on the defensive side of the ball. And I like that aspect as well. And I think that's the, one of the big reasons I'm taking, I'm taking the chiefs 27 to 17 kind of think it's like one of those games where, you know, they're up 24 to 10 bears score, make it 24, 17. The chiefs get a late field goal to go up by 10 and kind of put this one out of reach. You good there? I don't. I don't think it'll be that close. Yeah, I think yeah. the Chiefs will handle them the whole game long, and uh, it may be. It may be. You know, it's going to be one of those quarters where the Chiefs just explode and they'll have everything they need. And then it's just. I, I hope that's not the case. I hope we have an exciting game for Sunday Night Football that goes all the way down to the wire. But I just feel like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, that, I mean, that'll be the big, the big thing I got too. Yeah, I mean, the Bears, like, like I said, they haven't played anything like this, uh, but the Bears' defense is still really good. Um, so this will be an interesting matchup. It really will be. And, of course, the Bears can get pressure with their front four and do things like that where they don't have to blitz and always compromise themselves. That can make things interesting. So we'll see how it goes. But we both like the Chiefs, obviously. All right. Let me check one thing before we move on. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, no snow in Chicago. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will be upset. High of 39, low of 30. Around kickoff, it'll be mid-30s. So no snow clear uh so that we won't get to see another uh, another instance of Mahomes flinging the ball around in the white stuff but but still I like the I like the Chiefs yep okay cool all right um all right now we got our our big game we got it it's Mike's big game here we go baby it's- it won't matter because the 49ers are going to beat the Rams and the Vikings will be in they'll be the sixth seed and that's that although there is a weird sort of a way where the Vikings can still end up somehow being the number one seed which is ridiculous which is crazy. and I think I think the Rams have to beat the 49ers, obviously, for that to happen. But I think by the time we get to Monday night, the Vikings will be in as the sixth seed, and I think they'll remain the sixth seed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, no. I mean, it's it, it's either way. It's got the the game's got implications. You're right. It will change a little bit if the 49ers win the football game. Uh, Packers, though, they're still fighting for something, as we know. They could still be a one or a two seed. It'll be important to them. Games in Minnesota, Vikings favored by five and a half, over under at 45.5, Mike. Go ahead. You lead it off with your Minnesota Vikings. I'm concerned about, obviously, the injury to Dalvin Cook, which reportedly will keep him from playing on Monday night. Alexander Madison is backup. Rookie third rounder out of Boise State has an ankle injury that kept him from playing week 15. And I, I, I you know, this is Kirk Cousins' opportunity, and we've seen him in – Two different occasions, one with Washington and one with the Vikings. And the Vikings game happened last year where you go into a Week 17 matchup and if you win, you're in. If you lose, you're out. Well, he gets two cracks at it this year, assuming the Rams are still alive by Monday night, which may be a big assumption. But if the Rams do win over the 49ers, then it is a play, a playoff play-in game for the, for the Vikings. And, you know, do I trust Kirk Cousins? I don't know. I, I, I think the Vikings have enough, though, defensively, and they have enough, not just the running game, but it's the offensive line. You know, if you have a great offensive line, there's a lot of guys you can put in there who are going to be good running backs. Sure. And Dalvin Cook may kind of be a product of a great offensive line this year. Amir Abdullah looked good last week after Cook went out. Mike Boone does well. I think the Vikings will be okay, and I think they'll win this game. I got 27-20, to 20, home game, big game. 
you know, and potential opportunity to clinch a playoff berth if they haven't clinched it already. But either way, they understand the importance of winning these games. They understand the they still have a chance to win the division. They beat the Packers, and if the Packers stub their toe the following week at Detroit, the Vikings can win the division. So I like the Vikings in this one. And and you know, I'm willing to pick against them, and I've probably picked oh, against you are. them in in situations where I shouldn't have this year. But I like them to win this game and uh, and uh, and to move to the playoffs and still hold out hope for a potential division title. Yeah, uh, I hear you. May, you make a lot of good points, definitely. Um, you know, again, yeah, you, you know, maybe your Vikings defense not as dominant as years past, but, you know, the Packers, their offense is good, not great. It's just the middle-of-the-road offense. And I know Aaron Rodgers is special, and sometimes we think of them as a better offense just because of him. Uh, but the Vikings, like, they've been one of those teams that are kind of a pain in the ass for Aaron Rodgers as far as, like, he can't take over games versus the Minnesota Vikings. And that's because you guys got pass rushers and speed in the front seven that contain him while he tries to balance and move around the pocket and extend time like that. You got the kind of guys that can kind of, they're so athletic, you know, they can just bottle him up and not let that happen. Uh, so I always like that standpoint, especially at home with the crowd noise and letting that front four get off the line of scrimmage a beat earlier than the Packers O-line. I think that's a little scary for the Packers as well, you know, and then the, on the other side, you know, that week two matchup, again, the Vikings are better now than they were then. That was a Kirk Cousins who was still tr struggling and finding his way. And I think the offense in general was too. And you mentioned it. The big thing is the run game. You know, the run game started a little that week, uh, but it's just gotten progressively better from that, from that point on. And I look at the Packers, and you know my biggest thing with them is the interior part of their defensive line. It's not good. That's why teams continue to hang around with them that aren't as good as they are because they're just not dominant that way. I, I like the Vikings too, especially with Thielen back in the lineup and everything like that. I think the Vikings win a close game. I think the Vikings are a better football team than the Green Bay Packers. I think they are straight across the board. And I think they win the game 24-20 to in this one and set themselves up or maybe a chance to steal, steal this division. I would not be shocked. Yeah, look, I, I can't imagine the Lions beating the Packers week 17. Yeah, that's the big thing, but, right. Yeah, but uh, but I, I can't imagine the Vikings winning Monday night, and I think they will. And this will be another one of those confidence-builder games. And I think the Vikings can beat any of the teams in the NFC playoff field, uh, home or away. So, uh, you know, that they're kind of the wild card in all of this that I think is getting overlooked that they could disrupt things. And I think they will have more confidence that they go back to Seattle. They'll have confidence that they go to New Orleans. They'll have confidence that they go to San Francisco. They'll definitely have confidence that they go to Green Bay. So uh, it should be an interesting Monday night game. The last Monday night game of the year. At least we have a Monday night game on the weekend that we don't have a Thursday yeah, night game. Yeah, the last one, a pretty good one at that. It's got some implications, and we get to watch the greatest quarterback ever named Aaron Rodgers. So I'm always excited about that. All right, way to go. We did it. All games are done. We got five disagreements. Bengals, Dolphins, you got Dolphins. I got Bengals. Steelers, Jets, you got Steelers. I'm taking the Jets in the upset. Saints, Titans, you're taking Titans. I'm taking the Saints. Giants, Redskins, I'm taking the Giants. You're taking the Redskins. Cowboys, Eagles, you're taking the Eagles. I'm taking the Cowboys. Woo, baby. I hope I get the broom next week, baby. Here we go. But now it's time for best bets. We got three of them. I know I got my three ready. And I got no, like, I know by three this week. I'm not, like, deciding here on the fly. 
anything like that. I've had my three starred from the get-go, and I'm good to go. Do you want to lead it off, or you want me to lead it off? Yeah, that that means you're going to be 0-3. Go ahead. You do the first one. Okay. Uh, My first one, I'm going with the Texans on Saturday Night Football. I am. I'm not trusting the the Tampa Bay Bear, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. If they show up at Saturday night, it'll be a forfeit. Well, Saturday afternoon. Thank you, you jerk. Okay, but I'm taking the Texans. I am. Yes, I don't trust Tampa's pass defense enough versus this group here. And as much as like the D line for the Bucks, it's a stout group. You know, the Texans they stay consistent and balanced running the football. And then with those three amigos, like I said, and Fuller, Stills, and Hopkins at, at, at receiver, uh, that's when the Texans are at their best. Jameis Winston not having Evans or Godwin. You know, the Texans, yes, they're scary on pass defense too, but we'll do some outside-the-box type of things that I think will lead to a Jameis Winston interception or two. I'm go- I like the Texans in this one, 38-27 covering the spread. That's my first bet. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not shocked by that. I, I just. I feel like the Texans are so unpredictable at times that I'm not going to put my faith in them uh, because we've seen them step into that yeah. trap a week after we see them play well and right. we think everything is pointing in the right direction. For example, losing to the Broncos at home a week after beating the New England Patriots. My first one is Sunday night football, and yes, it is the night game, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chicago Bears. I like the Chiefs to cover. I like the Chiefs to win easily. I I like Andy Reid understanding exactly what Matt Nagy will try to do. I think Andy Reid has a habit of keeping very close mental notes as to the habits and the tendencies and the proclivities of his assistants. So he's ready to beat them when the time comes to compete against them. I like the chiefs in this one, 28 to 13 to cover the spread and to move to 11 and four and still hold out hope for a buy in the AFC playoff field. Yep. Okay. I, I feel you there. I don't have the guts to do it with the bears being at home in that defense, but I'm, I'm with you. That's that's, that was on my radar. It certainly was. Um, okay. Second game for me. I'm staying on Saturday. I'm sorry, um, but I'm going with the Bills. I, I, you know, six and a half points to the New England Patriots. I know they're at home, and then the New England Patriots. But this ain't this ain't the same New England Patriots. I just can't see them by any stretch of the imagination winning by seven points or more against the Buffalo Bills. I think this is going to be a close football game. You know, really, it's one of those where I, I'm almost going, I'm letting the mystique of the Patriots make me pick the game, and I'm not so sure that's the right pick. You know, the Bills, I would not be shocked if they won this game by a field goal, but either way, I feel good that they stay within six and a half points. If the Patriots win this game, it's by two or three points, something like that. So I'm going with the Bills in that defense to keep Tom Brady and offense in check as far as low scoring. Uh, I know it'll be a tough day for the Bills offense, but I do think the Bills can run the ball enough to keep the Patriots honest that way and do that. So I'm going with the Bills. I'm picking Pats 20 to 17, but I, I'm picking the Bills to cover. It's at least the third time this year you have picked a team to win who is favored, and you've picked the underdog to cover as a best bet. Yes. It's amazing to me. Thank you. I don't know if it's amazing or not, but uh, it's what I'm doing. All right. I, I am going with the Will Greer no confidence bet. The Indianapolis Colts to cover the spread six and a half points at home against 
Will Greer in his baptism by blast furnace taking on a Colts team that I think is going to try their damnedest to rebound from a disappointing and deflating 30-47 loss to the Saints on Monday Night Football. This is not the kind of thing that Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, is going to stand for. And I think the Colts are better than what we saw on Monday night. And the Panthers with Will Greer, third-round pick, who wasn't good enough to beat out Kyle Allen, is now being thrust into the mix. I really do think this is a tank strategic decision by David Tepper, the owner of the team, to put Will Greer out there. You can say we want to evaluate Will Greer for the purpose of future decision-making. I say that that's cover for what the hell? What's the difference between seven, uh, what seven and nine and five and eleven? Let's just go ahead and lose the last two, or not go out of our way to try to win it. And if we end up five and eleven, we get a higher draft pick. We're a better team sooner rather than later. I like the Colts to win this game. I like them to win it easily. And uh, the Will Greer factor is the thing that caused me to go that way with the Colts as a best bet. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I hear that too. I guess I'm just scared of the Colts. I don't know what we're going to get from them either. And that's what scares me. But what you're saying makes logic. I'm trying to stay away from betting on bad teams because I, I kind of make those mistakes like every other week. And I, I just can't believe I'm that stupid. But I guess it's not that shocking to you. Uh, but I hear you. That, may, that makes sense. Uh, and I certainly, I got the Colts. What do I got the Colts winning by? I got the Colts winning by 11. So I, I get you there. All right. My last bet. Uh, I'm going to Sunday afternoon. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. I am. I, I got no faith in the Philadelphia Eagles from what I've seen as of late. And Dallas is clearly the most talented team they have seen as of late as well. And I think Dallas got it rolling last week. I think they're one of those teams that's going to kind of feed off of like, oh, we bullied the Rams and yep, we're back and they'll feed off that energy. And I just have no confidence in the Eagles offense. I just don't think there's enough weaponry there against a good Dallas defense. And of course, the Eagles defense letting up big plays, run game, pass game alike the last few weeks too. I don't trust them. I think the Cowboys win this game handily. I think 31-23 and I'm probably being kind in that. I wouldn't be shocked if it's like 34-17 or something closer to like we saw the first time they matched up was what, 37-10? Am I right about that? I'm going to have to get myself an Eagle zip up on rush delivery and get it here in time for the game on Sunday because I am going to be openly rooting in the press box or in the viewing room for the Eagles. Although it's one of those late afternoon starts, so by then we're into full-blown prepare for football night in America mode, but I'll be watching that whenever I can, hoping that the Eagles can make you look like an idiot. My last pick, this was a tough one for me. I went in a bunch of different directions. I, You know, with the over-unders, for me, it, it just has to, it has to just like grab me and be like, are you kidding? They set that where they did. and there is, And I don't want to force it. There wasn't one that really reached out to me and said this number is too low or too high. So I'm not messing with any over-unders. I'm going the Chargers. The last game they'll play in that rinky-dink soccer stadium, Phillip Rivers' final home game with the Chargers. I think they're going to try to atone for some of the things that have gone wrong this season. Anthony Lynn, I believe, has the potential to be that surprise termination that we, we, you know, every year we're used to it happening. I hope it doesn't happen to him, but I have a feeling that it could. And I don't know that winning on Sunday will make a difference, but hey, it can't hurt. I think Phillip Rivers gets his act together. I think the guys who screwed up last week find a way. The last time they'll ever play a game in that stadium after three seasons there. And I don't care that it's going to be overrun by Raiders fans. Hell, it's always overrun by fans of the opposing team. 30 to 20, Chargers win, cover the spread, and I sweep the best bets 
for this weekend. Okay. All right. There we go. Mike is betting on three or two out of his three teams are not good and are iffy at best. And then he's taking the Kansas City Chiefs, which I like that one. I'm taking three good football teams. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Who cares? I, no, I don't I, know why you care about that. You I, always say you don't bet on bad teams. And again, you bet on the Dolphins last yeah, I That's what I mean. I bet on bad teams. And when I do do it, it always comes back to bite me. And I don't know why I do it. But either way, I'm taking Houston, Buffalo, and Dallas to cover the spread. Mike is taking the Colts, the Chargers, and the Kansas City Chiefs to cover the spread in those games. Um you know, I, I let's see. So I'm betting on two favorites, and I got one underdog in the Bills. You're taking all favorites, right? I got all favorites, all just favorites. like last week when I went 0-3. Yep, good. All right, here we go. So here we go. I'll get the broom ready for next week. Mike, you the man. Good podcast, good stuff. PFTPM, you're doing one Friday afternoon? No. No? All right. Mike said no. the hell with you guys, PFT Posse. These screw you. I'm not doing anything. Uh, but uh, everybody out there, have a great weekend. Be safe with all your holiday parties, all of that. Root for Chris Sims on button to whoop the crap out of PFT PM and picks and our best bets. Everybody be good. Mike, safe travels. See you Saturday night. All right. See you, man.